Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Steve Fears. Draft season is happening, the mocks are starting to roll through, intra-clubs are underway, things are taking shape and we are less than a month away from actual football. Stato, get excited! Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? I um, When you start doing the mock drafts, it's actually starting to get real. So um, all the pre-season work, which has been since the ball stopped, um, a few solo pods involved there, but um, our research has been going all the time. So it's actually nice to feel like it's actually happening, get a lot of reports of intra-clubs, but, geez, those reports can be annoying, can't they? Because it, it doesn't tell us a lot other than who's actually fit. Yeah, I think there's something in that, but I generally consider it the time where I'm taking a little bit of a breath. Um, all the all the ranks are sort of through, well, the initial ranks are through. You might be making a tweak here and there, just go, oh, maybe I'll clean this up, maybe that's a change. Uh, Heath Chapman obviously uh, yeah. got nicked up, so he'll miss a little bit of time, but not too much. But I generally just take a breath and uh, let the possibles play against the probables. And then when the semi-fair income stuff starts, then I'll, then I'll make the actual adjustments. So it's kind of a nice little breath after the big work getting the draft kit out, which is available on the website, which is up and running, draftdoctors.com.au. Uh, click the link in the banner there and get around it. Can I just um, give you a bit of a call-out, Steve? Um, another... Fantastic salary cap podcast, mate. Um, so I really enjoyed listening to you and Holmesy. Uh, I will say there was this little thing. It was rolling in the back of your head and I could hear that little voice because you went on several guilt trips having actually sharing your team. There were points where you where you're quite open and share the inf- information, share the intel, but then all of a sudden you realise, ooh, I shouldn't be mentioning who's in my salary cap team and I'm going to backpedal from here. And you gave the line a few times, it's only Feb, it's only Feb. So I could I could feel the little guilt trips going, mate. How, how are you going, the, the salary cap headliner this year? Yeah, well, I mean, I assume my coach's panel episode's out by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, that was a place of embarrassment, Stato. I'm like... I have, it's funny because I'll talk about the players, but I don't understand the mechanisms of the game of salary cap at all. And I don't, don't particularly care to, uh, I don't have, I never pick good rookies. I don't understand how the price finishes, mate. Come on, come on. Um, you understand. Yeah. That's in the last like 15 years. No, but you can kind of arse your way into that. Yeah, really. Really, to be fair, but um, you you know players, you you know the game, you know the data, so it, of course it translates. In in fact, um, I'd been in a bit of a lull, and when I joined the draft doctors sometime now, um, but just doing all the research over the whole preseason, which was probably more than I've ever done before, because I wanted to give some quality to the podcast. That's when my fantasy career rebooted. So the actually doing research on draft was a massive boost to my salary cap. 
pretty influential over here at the Draft Doctors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Influential. Anyway, we are uh, speaking of other podcasts today, Stato, you were part of the is it Ball Boys Fantasy. That's correct. Uh, creator mock draft which i've checked out on the youtubes uh they do a great job i think it's particularly hard to record a podcast and draft at the same time yeah i thought they did a very very good job the boys and it's entertaining Um, so so give it a watch so ball boys afl fantasy on youtube yeah we'll give it a link on the twitters and maybe even the facebooks which are pretty pretty much a dead zone on facebook at the minute but we'll give it a pump up they were nice enough to let you in and they were nice enough to let us talk about it and also i did the traders uh mock draft so maybe we'll touch on some of the differences we'll, but we'll focus on the ball boys one because it was a little bit later on in the piece and maybe we have a bit more uh intel and of course you can check out the traders one in the their draft kit which is free so go get yep. that absolutely now uh, unfortunately, I got the last pick, Steve, but um, the, the term's never the worst, right? Um, unless there's you, you're going into a draft where there's just three must-haves and you need the top three picks to get uh, one of those, but that's pretty rare. Um, so ended up with a, a term pick, which just means you can go bang, bang. You, you've got that situation where you can have your research ready to go and you get back to back. The problem being is you have pick 11 then you're not seen to pick 30 again, which is a little bit tough. Um, but I will say this draft is interesting. So we won't go into details of who did what. You can watch the YouTube if you want to go through that. Uh, but this is a time I just went into this with a pretty strong um, theory that I wanted to see if it worked. Um I actually believe it did, but I should have varied from the theory um, at one point, and I'll explain that, Steve. Um, but this draft was a, a three-four-one-three setup, and I will say, Steve, it was getting pretty thin for midfielders with only forty gone. So you know you were starting to get to sort of cringy, sort of she types, sort of coming next on the board. Um, and the forward lines are extremely thin. Yeah, once you get past that 40, it's pretty pretty tough sledding on the mids. I'll say uh, I know people talk about the forwards and maybe part of your strategy was to avoid them. I, I kind of look at the teams that do that. I just, I'm not about it. I know we're different on that this year and that's fine. Um, but do you, did you have, do you have a, preference for where you land in the draft i know some people don't want to be in the middle some people hate being on the turn what's your thoughts in a just a standard afl fantasy draft this year i don't want to i know different setups will have different different strategies around it yeah i I don't mind the turn to be honest because it gives you the ability to set up a little bit better you can the reality is you can start a run you've got more chance to start a run if you're on the turn um, and I missed an opportunity to square it away. And you, I, I'll explain once we go through it a little bit because we'll concentrate a little bit on, on my team and the resulting strategy. Um, but I could end up with a pretty solid forward line if I just changed one pick. Um, and I had an opportunity to close it off and actually leave everyone with the scraps and I didn't take it and realise it about two seconds afterwards. But anyway, that's life. Um, 
But generally, to, to be honest, I normally like that sort of mid-range. So picks four to seven is generally my preferred. So it means you get top end. It means you're always in the draft and you can always react the right way. It's just you're sort of thereabouts always. Yeah, I, I generally want pick eight or three. I like being two off the turn. Yeah. Uh, and eight would be my preference. Just I like letting the draft come to me and I just pick value up. I like having two people behind me because I know what they're, they've drafted and I can kind of, like let's say it's rucks and they've both drafted a ruck by round five. Well, I know on my picks, say I want to pick a mid-ruck, like a Witsy or a Riley O'Brien, Darcy, whoever. When that pick's coming down to me, I know I don't need to pick a ruck at that point, but if I want to grab one, I'll grab one on the way up um, and get the better value that way. That's that's all I mean when I like pick eight and just letting it come to me. But again, in my home league, it's super coach. We get to pick our draft slots. Uh, I've got the third selection, but we're going with the flex in that league. Super coach, it's, uh, we play a bonsai draft, so we get the third third round comes back in that opposite form. Uh, I, I might mix it up this year. I might go early. So we'll see. It's different different strategies for different games. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we'll point out, un- unfortunately, just with the time zones and a few other things, there, there was an auto-drafter in this draft and un- unfortunately just kept on picking up what was on top. So uh, found themselves with quite a few mids and three ruckmen, would you believe, and I should share my strategy um, as well, which affected my ruck selection, but... Um, the the model I wanted to go on, which we've been talking about a bit, right? I, I sort of made that point that I wanted to go heavy in mids, punt rucks and punt forwards. Um, unless, and, and the only caveat I was putting, I'll, I'll change if I think someone's dropped. So if there's a really good pick and this happened with my first defender um, and it happened with my first forward, I'd, I didn't think they'd still be there, so I jumped on, um, gave me the opportunity to do that. Um, but punting rucks and you've got a uh, an auto one going through that's picked up three ruckmen, which was Tim English, Nank and Wits, I think, um, left me reasonably thin. So if it was a 12-team um, draft, I, I could have been really struggling and left with a... Soldo, who ended up being my support ruckman. Yep, so we're 10 minutes into the show, 11 minutes. Why don't we get into the draft? Yes, why not? Why <laughs> yeah, not? so how did, how did it shake out at the start? Did the first round go to plan? What were the curly ones? Was it a straight bat? And how did you see it when it got to your first pick on the turn? Um, well, I, I got a bit of joy um, when my first pick come at 10 because we had three rucks off the board one defender. So, uh, and the three rucks off the board went at one, two, and four. So we're talking English, Marshall, and Gorn. So I was probably a little bit surprised, um, but um, I, I can understand people looking at what the ceilings have been for Gorn previously and with English and Marshall last year. Um, but I would have gone a midfielder. I don't know about you, Steve. Yeah, I would have. I, I, like I said, I watched the boys' podcast, and I, th- you know, the the host made the point 
that it's a tough spot to pick. And I agree because if you like Gorn, you have to go Gorn here because you're probably not going to get him on the way back. No, he's not going to um, be back. And it always feels bad. Oh, I shouldn't say it always feels bad, but I I kind of hate being the first person to pick the mids when there's, say, five of them who <laughs> could be interchangeable. Yeah, that's like true. If you, that's true. If you... Like, I think in this draft, Andy Brayshaw went at pick seven, and I think in the traders' mock, he went at eight or nine or maybe even ten. No, it and must you... have been ten because Frico got him. I would have picked him at four. Yeah. So, you know, that's 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 sort of all I mean. Whereas, like, you know, I, I would have, if you had pick four, I'd pick him there. But if I had pick eight, I'd probably still get him there. It's just that sort of thing. Yeah, so the, the, the normal midfield suspects went through... Um... And that was uh, Mitch that grabbed uh, Maxie, and it was a good explanation when he was going through the pick at the time too, you're right. And um, so the normal suspects went through, and it left me pick 10 and 11, um, and there were two highly ranked and highly likely to be around the 110 mark midfielder. So I took them both in Tom Green and Jordan Dawson, um, who I think were probably the last of the the potential Uber premiums with, with one exception in Errol Goulden um, went a little bit later. Yeah, so just uh, batting that strategy straight away mid-mid. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and look, it helped with um, three and one going off the board. Just they were the right type that are sitting there. I maybe would have hesitated um, if those two were gone of where to go. So maybe it would have gone an Errol Goulden um and potentially maybe would have gone a ruck because um, I'm just not that strong on players like Parrish. Um, I mean, Dunks or Taranto would have been good picks, but we know they're just not at their peak right now. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you go through the rest of the second round um, as quickly as you can, if there's anything curly, we'll get to it and then uh, we'll get back to your next picks. Yeah, so um, we had uh, Sarong, Petrucca, Gould and Parrish's midfielders roll after my two. Um, and then we got our second defender being James Sicily. Um, then we had Dunkley, uh, McCray at 18. Now, what do you think of McCray at 18? Yeah, I love it in this three four one three format. I um, man, I've drafted with T Better before, and he's he's a, we we draft the same sort of way. So yeah. I'm naturally going to say I like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think his first three picks were brilliant. So, um, which yep. were Dacos, McRae, and Walsh, and this is why I like it because he's probably got the best defender. He's arguably got the best forward. And he has someone who's probably going to finish as a top 10 midfielder. Yeah. Like in the first three rounds. Like I always look at like when you go that non-mid, like, and this is probably the argument against going Gorn, right? Is I don't like, and this is me personally, if people have Gorn in the top tier of their rucks, that's fine. Um, But if you have, if you go Gorn, you're arguably not getting a top tier ruckman. By the time you get to your midfielders, you're arguably not getting a top-tier midfielder. 
and then you, yeah. and you kind of force into a midfielder, and then you know what? It's just a flow on. You're not getting one of those top tier guys. Can they all finish as top tier guys? Yes, of course they can. Are you projecting them that way? You're probably not. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so after that, uh, DC grabbed Taranto at 19, which I think is a value pick. Um, just depends on whether we see ceiling Taranto or second half of the year Taranto, to be fair. Um, Doherty at 20 now. Um, Doherty at 20. Though. Oh, damn it. I thought I had you then. I was going to roll back <laughs> <laughs> on our face. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I thought I had that perfectly set up. Uh, moving on to the third round. Brad Crouch, which uh, auto pick as well. Um, yep. But in, look, he's generally going to be value in drafts because people are a little bit lower on Brad Crouch. And, and I think he's going to do better than where most people select him. Yeah, I'd see, and this is where it kind of hurts a little bit because I think in your normal draft, someone like a Rosie, a Walsh, Steele probably yeah. gets picked instead of those guys. Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, 22, uh, we had our second forward in Sam Flanders. Um, then we went uh, Walsh, Rosie, um, moving on to Jack Sinclair as a defender at 25. Um, Jack still at 26, which I reckon is just a really good pick. So you're talking someone, I think, can potentially be the in, back in that top eight mix at 26. That's pretty good. Uh, Grundy at 27. Uh, sadly, LDU got picked up before Butters. Um, he got picked up at 28. Tom Stewart at 29. And then back to me. So seeing LDU went off, who I will say if I'd already planned, if he was on the board, so him and Butters were on the board, I was going to get LDU just so we could have a giggle, but uh, he disappeared. <laughs> and, and what, you save face by picking butters? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. LDU so, went like 40, uh, 20 picks later in the trader's kit. Wow. It's interesting. It, look, he has burnt a lot of people. So you've got to remember he was a donut on people's grounds twice last year. Mate, you've got to be a goldfish. You've got to be a goldfish. Um, Tom Stewart at, at 29, I like it. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, um, yeah that's fine. Fine. Very solid. Um, that'll be... So, Fries will have gone... Oh, sorry. We're not doing that. Um, that person <laughs> will have gone. <laughs> no, you, you Mid- can, but just don't bag them. It, it is a mock draft. I'm, I try not to bag anyone because we've all got different thoughts. It's like yeah, if correct. you rank someone super high and I don't, well, and you, you might, it might be the best pick in the world. Like that's that's fine. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So he's gone mid-mid defender. Yeah, pro- going to be probably a pretty popular strategy. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I'd got my butters um, and I just quickly filtered through the lines uh, a pick prior and, and noticed a forward and a defender who I rate highly this year wasn't picked up. So I decided to go one of them. Um, and just someone I'm a little bit higher on than the forward. So Lockie Whitfield um, got into my team at 31. I just want to touch on Brody Grundy. That feels like a good value pick there at 27. Yep, absolutely. 
Yeah, Whitfield, you don't have to talk me into it. I've got him at D3, so mm. love it. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable. Um, so we had uh, Tuke Miller go at 32. It's a really interesting one, Tuke. I don't know how to read him this year. So I sort of avoided him just in case he is the guy that makes way. So yeah. loses CBAs. I'm just yeah. unsure how it lands. Um, and so I, it's one I'll just be watching um, the opening round closely because if, if he's max CBA guy fully fit again, um, he could be 110. Yeah, I, I, I'd feel very comfortable having you pick Butters as your midfielder in front of him. I'd feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, we had a bit of a defender run, so we had Newman, Young and Short. Um, obviously Newman had the late run, um, unsure whether that lasts. I think it depends on Doherty a little bit, what his role is going to be. Um, Young, which is obviously the, the midfield time and Jaden Short's pretty solid as a defender. Um, Adam Trelaw went at 36, um, ceiling really high, but you've always got the salmon worry, but look. Could be a standout pick uh, at 36. Uh, Wangane Malira went at 37, um, so another defender. Taylor Adams at 38. Um, so all of a sudden you, you are feeling a little bit thinner in, in the forward group. Um, 39, Luke Ryan, and 40, Cogs. What do you think of Cogs this year? He's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think he's uh, just one of your guys. Like he's he's probably similar to Noah Anderson in that he's going to be a good pick for your draft team and no one in the salary cap world will talk about him. Yeah, 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 you're probably right. It's hard to see much downside. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Taylor Adams off the board at F3 there? I'm not surprised. I'm higher on him than you are and probably higher on him on most other things. It's uh, And I, I'm just big on what their major weakness is and what his strengths are. But, you know, um, it's been um, it's been a bit of a struggle with his body over the years. But, what, 22 games last year. So let's pray that he's on top of that. Um, but, look, he, he could be a sensational pick. Could so LDU, LDU bad, Taylor Adams good. I'm saying there's question marks, Steve. <laughs> but in a, so if we had last year, so we had, what was it, Dunkley, Taranto, Butters, Rosie, Goulden and Cogs, they were all starting as forwards. And then Taylor Adams wouldn't have been on the radar this year if you had those six. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So he he's on the radar because he has shown that ability before. He's gone to a club that needs what he's got um, and the forward line's thin. Yeah, yep. So that all points that if it works out, could be a great pick. Uh, so round, round five, you've got Libba, um, you've got DC, who's big on... Um, uh, uh, DC's big on CD, Caleb Daniel. What's your I like thoughts? Caleb Daniel. 
Forward like line's him. in again. He's playing midfield. He's going to rack up. And they've had, what, one of their best outside players go down. That's where he's going to succeed. Mm. Yep. The helmet. Uh, 43, Noah Anderson. Um, Sheasel. Um, so this was Mitch again. Um, it's interesting, right? If he's that half back line um, role we saw last year, is he Dacos 2.0? Um, but if he's midfield, does that mean that's bad for him? But obviously, if he's spending a fair bit of time up forward, it might be hard for him to repeat that scoring. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I wouldn't want him to be my D1, I'll put it that way. Mm. But he could pay good dividends as a, a D2. He's top two rounds in a keeper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lockie Neal at forty-five. Um, Dylan Moore at forty-six. Um, I'm, I'm interested to watch Dylan this year. Um, Duggan at forty-seven. Uh, we had Josh Kelly at forty-eight. Dan Houston at forty-nine. Then back to me. So this is where I made an error, Steve. Um, so. Reading through, I had to make um, a, a couple of decisions um, and I set myself up for the next one um, that I didn't need to have another midfielder. Um, so I, I got rid of uh, that last pick on field pick and being Jack Viney um, and put Dust, Dustin Martin, my F1, training in the forward line, really, really happy. But what I had the ability to do straight after that was close off the forward line. Um, and you'll see I made a bit of error in judgment. Basically, I could have found myself with Martin Heaney and um, McDonald, who I get next in the forward line. So instead of going Viney, I could have actually got Heaney at 51 so it would have been Martin, Heaney and McDonald and a bit of backup on the bench um, because, as it turns out, I could go and get Matt Rowell on my midfield bench. And what's the point difference going to be between Viney and Matt Rowell? Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything, really. I don't, I'm not on Matt Rowell this year, so I'd... Yeah, but, but, the but there was quite fine. a few others too, and I'm thinking... After I went through that next round, I'm realising, ooh, there's, there was an opportunity I really could have. There were two that were sitting there and I could have doubled hit the forwards and really squared it away. Because I had that, I'm just going midfielders, um, which may have paid off more if it was seven midfield milders required, midfielders required. Um, but with just the four, that's when I should have tweaked. Yeah, I find there's not, in this sort of format, there's in AFL Fantasy especially, there's not a giant gap between, say, M30 and M50. You yeah. generally find a way. But, man, if your forward line sucks or your defense sucks, it's so hard, to, especially at that second position, yeah. it's so hard to come back. Mm. So I had um, the chance to go Martin Heaney and Connor McDonald, which I would have been pretty happy with with the... Thin models of forwards at the moment. So, 
It's the only thing in hindsight I would have corrected. Um, so I did go Jack Viney, but the midfield looks great. Um, and then we started to get a bit messy, so it starts to get a bit thin. So a lot of picks from 50 onwards, you can sort of look at and go, these are um, hopeful calls, um, these are risky ones, um, but it just shows you a bit of the depth had gone from the draft. So Shy Bolton, which we know thin forward line, he could pay off. But he's probably one of those players. What's his score in Supercoach? Because he no, looks to, really hot. I yeah, I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say he he looks like a fantastic Supercoach player. Which is where do I hear that? Um, oh, Selby um, as part of his um, um, preseason kid is does the podcast and he was talking about LDU. Um, and that how he can uh, get first possession, contested ball, um, get through the middle, bounce twice, kick the ball, hit up a target, uh, is three points in AFL fantasy, but 15 in super coach. Yeah. So saying that... Yeah, LDU... no, like, I, I understand what he's saying there. I, yeah. I, Whatever, man, I've got my, my line of thinking on LDU. I, I, but it's, but but it's being better. different from... <clears throat> being, being different from Selby is probably not a good good thing. <laughs> I've made my bet on that, so that's what we're going to Oh no, with. I think he loves him, and he loves him as a, a AFL fantasy pick, but thinks he's so much greater value in Supercoach. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. That's why we play the yeah, game. That's exactly right. Kieran Briggs uh, at at fifty three, and uh, Luke um, on the video even talked about um, the lesson he probably took from the draft is. He could have held off and got a Ruckman, you know, six rounds later and actually picked up another quality midfielder. I, I thought he was too critical. I, I like the pick. I don't have okay. a problem with it. Interesting. That's good. Well supported. Like the ball boys. Like it, Steve. Oh, um, I mean, I'll, I don't know what's going on with you this year. Salary cap and being nice to people. Are you okay? I'll, te- I'll tell you why, Stato. Can I double back to I'll double back to the traders pick because people often want to know about drafting your rucks. Yep. And I think a lot of it comes down to you gotta know your league a little bit. In my home league, we know you can wait till round eighteen, pick a ruckman, there'll be some there because people don't draft two rucks as a general rule. Yeah. Did the traders kit and I've been caught out in this league before. I'm like, oh, I'll draft a ruck with my last pick, I'm the smartest guy in the room, ha ha ha. <laughs> Mate, Seven of them draft a backup Ruckman. I said, no way this year. Not a chance on your goddamn life am I going to be stuck with Tom DeConing or Oscar McInerney or something. So I picked up, and I don't even like Jared Witts, but I'm like, it needs to look good for the kit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I picked up um, Jared Witts in, uh, here it is, pick 102. So... Like, is that fine? And and Warney messaged me hating me because he hadn't picked a ruck at that point. And and man, I promise you, next next few picks were like 114, Cherry was gone, then Blixars was gone, and Cameron was gone, and they were drafting Big O as backup. Like this this happened, right? Mm. So I know that like I've seen this league a few times now 
rucks will go early, they will go hard on them, and they will draft backups. I'm like, man, I'm not being caught stuck again. I understand your situation. You were caught with a guy who drafted three high-end ones. (laughs) It's just unfortunate for the draft, right? I feel sorry for the guys when that happened. Um, But you got to live with it, man. got to live with it. You do. You do. Um, Right. Well, um, that's... I'm just saying you've got sometimes been safe. It's a good tip. Sometimes being safe isn't the worst move. Okay, can can I ask you one question? With a mock draft, how often do you actually pick a name that's going to look better in the slot than what you would do if it was a real league you're playing? Uh, in the kit, yeah. If there's a hot pick, I might... I might yeah. throw him in because everyone's going great, Good. great pick, great pick, great. Pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually <laughs> struggled thing... with that a couple of times. I go, no, no, I'm going to play. I'm going to straight bat this and actually do it. But I'm looking at going. If I pick Hayden Young right now, instead of Lockie Whitfield, that was the question. And I'm going, yeah. no, no. I I think Lockie Whitfield's got a much higher ceiling. I reckon his chance to go bigger and. We still don't know how much midfield and how good is he going to be in, in scoring in the midfield with Young. But I guarantee if I picked Young instead of Whitfield, oh, great pick, great pick. Yeah, 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 that's right. Everyone hates Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's but bizarre. I went now, it's straight like, batted. Um, oh, most of the time I, I play a straight bat. It is a nice little tiebreaker for that one. But also I like to do things I wouldn't usually do. Yeah. And just see how it works out. Like, yeah. I might go forwards early instead of, you know, the consensus is just go mids or whatever. Yeah. Just see how it looks. Yeah. Um, so, rolling on, we're at 54. We're only going to do the first eight rounds here. Um, that sort of shapes up your, your structure. Uh, John Newcomb, um, Toby, I'm a fucking gun green at 55. Luke Jackson, which was a... Uh, an interesting pick. Um, I'll just have to check whether they um, they actually went Sean and was going the the handcuff. It's an interesting one. Um, Chad Warner oh, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chad Warner. Uh, it's not a bad play, um, to be honest. The the handcuff model. Um, it just all depends how much time Jackson. Gets if he's sixty five thirty five, he could be a decent score. But you've always criticised the ruck forwards, yeah. Uh, it's, well, I, saying no, the I like scoring the ruck forwards, yeah. I like the oh, I like them uh, for the upside if the ruckman gets injured. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's a hard role to score well in. Jackson's Jackson's probably the exception. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Angus Brayshaw at fifty eight, uh, Chair at fifty nine. Um, Nan Curvis by the auto drafter. <clears throat> so moving on to round seven, um, we went Tim Kelly, Humor Cluggage, Cam Guthrie, uh, all midfielders. Um, Jeremy Cameron went at 64. Sean Darcy, so he went Jackson before Darcy, but I suppose the Rucks, um, they're filled up at least. Five positions were gone prior, so people weren't hunting it. Uh, that was 65, Sean Darcy. Will Power, Charlie Curnow, uh, Alex Witherden, Carl Amon. So what do you think of the Carl Amon pick? Uh, at, at this point, I don't, I don't hate it. 
I don't hate it. Yeah, I I think he's in a fair range. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And and there could be other benefits that come out of it. Yeah. Um, and then it was back to me. So um, my midfield was filled. I was still punting rucks. Uh, so one defender, one forward. So Jordan Clark and Connor McDonald, um, who I'm pretty hot on. So I was reasonably happy with that, but already knew I should have had Heaney, who actually went two picks after. So Riley O'Brien, then Heaney. So because of his a uh, bit lower average last year, um, at 73, he was mighty value in a thin forward line year. Guy that's regularly average 90. Yeah, um, that's incredible. Mm. So that's where I bug it up. So I, I should have had Heaney in mind. But anyway, that's my error. Uh, Zach Fisher, which is an interesting one. Um, I still think this is early. I think there's Fisher's a hype. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like Do you? Yep. Yeah, all right. Uh, Nick Martin, which, uh, again, was that sort of planning for the defender status. I'm probably not as hot on Nick Martin as I am Carl Eamon because we haven't seen it, right? could be bust. Yeah, actually, you're probably right. Zach Fisher is pretty, it is pretty early for him yeah. still. I might want another couple of rounds before I hit that. He, he's, a, he's a risk period, not a consolidating your squad period. Yeah, I've I've still got him in the F2 range, but I think oh, wow. you can probably wait a little bit longer on that. Mm. Might not want to wait too much longer. And we'll just finish off with round eight, uh, Jake Lloyd, which I reckon is pretty good value there. Um, Josh Dacos, Matt Crouch, um, your mate T better, so no doubt you'll be supporting that 100%. But my question is, is he in the team? Um, DC um, got Elliot Yo. That's a big risk-reward, right? Fully fit all year, playing 70% CBAs. Massive score, um, but um, a calf happening last pre-season training and um, you got a weak defensive line. Um, and an auto pick got uh, Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, so would you say there's any surprises, anything unusual? Uh, well, I was going to say I was surprised at the time, but the reality is I shouldn't be when you look back at the averages, but you have three Ruckman go in the top four. Um, it's very rare that that happens. Might have back in the, you know, two of them in the Grawn, uh, Gorn Grundy days. Um, but, yeah, so that sort of, mind you, I think it helped me, so... I, Although I was a little bit shocked, I'm going, my God, there's a couple coming to me that I didn't expect to be coming. Um, so that sort of worked out. But ended up with a pretty balanced squad, although I could have had a slightly stronger forward line. Um, although I'm, I'm, I'm hyped a little bit on Myers. I've, I'm interested to see your thoughts. But Grime Myers finish off the season quite well bit of talk with him sort of playing a bit more of getting his mix um, around the high half forward role and through the midfield. And if that's the case, because his junior numbers were just sensational. Don't talk about his kicking style. 
Uh, I mean, I don't mind the player, but I'd pre- probably prefer him on the bench. Yeah. If you like, you'd either be rostering either him or Connor McDonald rather than both of them. Yeah, and that's that's where you look at it and go, should have been Dustin Martin, Heaney, McDonald, and you swap Viney off the field, put Matt Rowell or whoever else I could get in the midfield, and then I was pretty happy with the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Did you run through the squad? I was tuning in. Uh, yeah, sorry, no, I didn't. So defence... <laughs> Defence was Whitfield, Jordan Clark, Mitch Duncan. So a bit of risk, but high reward uh, in the forward line with Duncan. But obviously you've got that support on the bench. Uh, Tom Green, Dawson, Butters and Viney in the midfield. Darcy Cameron, who I got as my last on-field pick. Um, So I'm pretty happy with that at the end of the day. Martin, McDonald and Myers um, on the forward line. The benches, Raul, Soldo as the ruck support, um, uh, Sartis and Blakey. Yeah, see, if it was me, I'd probably, I'd, I'd like, like Sartis is probably fine, right? I'd like another um, forward shot, if you like, than... Yeah. Um, if um, I know it's looks, not scores, so McDonald's and, and Myers might score more than Heaney, but as soon as you got yeah. as soon as you got Heaney's name on that board, all of a sudden it just looks like a strong squad. Yeah, I mean, like say you project a score, there's there's more that goes into ranking a player than just going. I think he's going to score eighty. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Is there fifty percent chance he scores eighty? Is it forty percent chance? And then what do the other sides of that look like? Is it twenty yeah. percent chance he scores within X of it on either side? Is it? And you extrapolate from that. I, with Heaney, you probably feel more comfortable. He has Correct. less range of outcomes than a Connor McDonald. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But All first right. mock for the year. Happy with that. Yeah, very good, mate. It's um, and again, shout out to the guys at. Ball boys. Uh, Ball boys Fantasy. They did a great job with the video. I was very, very impressed. I've watched their stuff before, and they do do a good job. Very fun show. So yeah, certainly check it out if you are filthy salary cappers who keep fucking listening to the pod. Um, well, seeing you keep on going in every salary cap <laughs> podcast to promote us, um, there's probably a reason why these salary cappers have been new listeners. I'm bringing them into the draft families. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. All right. How many questions uh, did we get? Oh, probably eight squillion, the usual. Um, 29. 29. Ooh, Jesus. Um, uh, Ninja, just got my draft kit. Site is a little fun to navigate. Look, I'll give you a hot tip about the Draft Doctor's customer service team. They're a little bit more surly and a little bit less helpful this year. Um, but he is looking forward to the Jags of 2024. Frio, where's the value in taking Gorn or the R3 in a one-ruck league? Is it round three? Wow. Well, went pick four in the mock I just did. <clears throat> yeah. So round three, I don't think so. Well, Grundy went in round three. Yep. Um, and I'll say in the traders draft that I did, Gorn went at pick 11, and Grundy went at 13 in that one. Yeah. Briggs went at 15. So, Well, Bale's got him at 27. I reckon. I don't reckon there'll be too many drafts that he lasts that long. 
No, I don't see him getting out of the second round too yeah. too often. What's his ADP on the site? Does uh, it have it yet? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> it did today when we were drafting. But uh, doesn't sorry, show. Not... Doesn't show right. Oh wait, yes, it did. God damn. Average draft position fifty nine. Come on, that's not no. right. Uh, next question. Nectarios, no question, but as I lay here on my bed after golf thinking about some random stranger playing cricket in the heat, I just want to heap praise on the drunk kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stitched up there, so he's yeah. going deep in an 18-team league draft. It's exactly what he needed. Great work. Thank oh, you, well Nectarios. Familiar situation for everyone listening. Yeah, sure. yeah as we do. Uh, Rowan, keeper league question. How do you effectively balance drafting rookies versus experienced players? I'm used to dynasty leagues and have taken over a keeper league orphan recently. How do you balance? Um, I, I, and I'm drafting a, a, a dynasty league as, as we speak, <clears throat> but I've spent more time with keepers. It's all about squad balance. So where are your holes? Um, so I prioritise for a keeper and and it depends a little bit on how much you keep but if you've got a squad of say 28 and you only keep 10 the reality is going a lot of rookies is actually pointless um, to be quite honest with you so you fill your gaps with the the best senior players you can if you find some you know Colby McKercher available for you then then go for it but there's they are few and far between. There's a Dacos, there's a Sheasel, there's probably two this year, McKercher and, and um, Sanders, and that'll be it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Michael, hi, guys. I'm a new listener who plays classic. Love the pod, though. Thanks, Michael. Uh, uh, Russ. Move on. <laughs> After English and Marshall are off the board in the first round, where are you taking your Ruckman in a start-up keeper? Wow. Um, so who who are off? English and Marshall. Yeah. So who else we really got on a rock board? You've got Grundy's probably got three to four. <laughs> well, Briggs is kind of youngish. Yeah, it's true. He's 25, I think. Um, how, how old is um, uh, Zeri? I've got no idea, man. Couldn't tell off the top of my head. You can mm. find out quick enough, though. He'd be 24. You never know with much. those rucks, man. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, so I, I think you can... So Briggs and um, is probably more around, uh, around 5. Grundy... He's 24. 24. There you go. Um I would say Grundy is worth that round three pick, round yeah, round three in a keeper, because you can get a developing one underneath him to support, and that might be a Zeri, it might be a Conway, who I'm keen to see how he develops this year. What about say a Tiltthorpe? Um, well, you can actually. It's good handcuff, right? Going yeah. O'Brien and Phil Thorpe. Did I say that yeah. right? Phil Thorpe. Yeah, I think. Oh, who knows? Phil Thorpe. 
Who knows? Yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, the Commish. My crystal ball says Duggan had a, has a Laird-esque breakout wow. and goes 110+. plus. Do I no. need to buy a new one? No. No. Um, look, he'll do well. Um, so last year was his best year in the 90s. Um, I reckon he stays in the 90s. Um, I think he's a good player, but yeah, I don't think he's Laird. I don't think he's Dawson. There's, there's a lot of uncontested ball there that someone needs to win, I reckon. Interesting. Well, Sheed's injured. You're, oh, is he really? Well, he's missed a lot of pre-season. That can't be good. Well, your mate Jinby, he's, um, you will oh, take yeah. 20 marks a game. Loves it. Uh, <laughs> Mini Monk, do you see a world where Dacos isn't D1? No. Uh, when will Jed Adams, who he means Anderson, because he's making this joke that everyone makes uh, every week, yeah. when will Jed Anderson make his triumphant return and when will the second one join him and drag the Suns to a maiden AFL premiership? <laughs> I'm sick of this joke, Stato. <laughs> yeah, well, we deserve it. Least, least, um, at least when I did a double up when when we drafted the kit this year, it was a, was a player that's fantasy relevant. Yeah, get these old listeners in there, jokes out of here. <laughs> get something fresh happening. <laughs> you idiot. Matthew, draft drinking strategy. How many beers pre-draft to settle the nerves? Stato, how many drafts pre, pre-draft to settle the nerves? Uh, normally, if if I was actually doing it with you guys um, and not being rated by outside people, I reckon two or three. Um, but I behaved myself this morning. Man, I've grown up so much, it's like one. Wow. Uh, two. Well, this. hey, I'm on the streaks, Dota. I still haven't had a drink this year. I'm, I'm flying. Two, maximum amount consumed to be able to be functioning in the first few rounds. <laughs> um, well, not well, because I, I actually don't drink a lot either. Um, um Nutribullets, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> three Nutribullets? Uh, no, no, I, I like a, a drop of Pinot, as everyone knows, a bit of Shiraz every now and again, and a Scotch, but I'm not a massive beer drinker. So I'll say um, I can still be f- uh, functional with uh, three Nate. I thought it was territory law that each citizen had to drop a six-pack Every single day. <laughs> no. Well, not that I've been aware and no one's knocked on my door to check. Uh, and number three, minimum amount to be, <laughs> to be able to not care by the time I have to pick a forward. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's five neat for me. Yeah. That's expensive I, I, night too, five neat scotches, the, the type I buy. I'd say just stick to beers, don't mix them. Just and you'll probably be pretty good to go. It's pretty hard to get completely wasted off beer. Um, I've seen and heard stories of you and Jono drafting where you've been absolutely smashed and not realising that you pick certain players at certain rounds. Because I drink like a whole bottle of rye as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I don't recommend. No. Uh, Major, if you don't get the top four rucks, is it worth picking up uh, Briggs or Cherry next or wait until whatever is left and get mids? 
Uh, I went the second option, um, but a few others tried different things. Um, so depends, as Steve sort of said before, who you're drafting against and what they're like. Because if you're in, um, like you talked about the um, the traders one, uh, DT Talk one, um, where they draft double rucks, where they get the back up, you can be left pretty thin. So. Be careful, be mindful. Um, I was calculated today, um, but it did get a bit hairy because you had uh, an Autobot picking up three Ruckman. I think the three were um, Wits, English and Nank. So that made it a bit thin at the end, but I just scraped through to get DC. Yeah, I'd generally wait, but like, let's say you're in the draft and you're getting to that point where like, you don't love the defenders and you don't love the forwards. Man, yeah. if you can just grab one there, I Correct. don't think it's too bad. Uh, ben, starting Liver and Trelaw, I don't even understand the context. Yeah, you can start starting. Liver and Trelaw. Trelaw might be an absolutely oh, fantastic pick this year. If you draft them both. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Um. Johnny, what pick number are you taking Flanders captains on 10-man league? Where would you take, where would you take the F2? Third, fourth round? Yeah, I reckon... I think where he went in this draft is pretty fair, 22. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think don't it's mind that. Uh, Ahead of LDU, can't... rightly. Yeah, well, you get him in the third. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right, he's off the board. Uh, the Carton Blues... Is it Clark season now that Chapman has done a hammy? Anyone else distribute for Frio? Um, it's probably one of my better picks today um, was was getting Clark as my D2. Um, really like him. End of year was really good. So when when Young went into the, uh, the midfield, the one that got the bump was actually Clark. Um, I didn't know whether... Chapman will interfere with him. But, look, Chapman's not going to be out for too long, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but, yeah, look, Clark's in for a big year. Yeah, love it. Richie, what's the worst trade you have ever received? Oh, a million of them. Um, I remember when um, when Cam was laughing that he got meals off me for Warple. Warple scored more than him last year by a country mile. So maybe <laughs> that one. Maybe Cam getting that hack Mills. I can tell Jeez, you that didn't work out for done. anyone last year, did he? Mills, that he was a no. Uber premium. Yeah, yep. Uh, Jay, lots of hype around Flanders, but could he be the next Jack Graham under Dimmer? People burning Ooh. early round pick on him. Oh, I didn't like that reference. I never thought of that. Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, and all indications are he's, he's playing that mid-roll, which, let's face it, he didn't play a lot of last year. Uh, I no. think I think he was in the 20s or 30% of CBAs, wasn't he? That's all it yeah, was. if, you, if you do it over the whole season, there were games where he had 50, there were games yeah. where he had, you know, in the 20s. So I, I, I don't think Flanders' ceiling is as high as people are suspecting, but I don't Whoa, think he's Whoa, you trash it our boy. No, I'm just... Putting some, oh, it's like, mate. <laughs> I don't think he's. You're easy to trigger today. 
I've just I've spent so many time around these goddamn salary cappers. I'm on edge, Stato. You know what it is? I'm not drinking. I'm just walking around on eggshells. Like I'm crawling the walls. All I can I can taste it. I can smell it. I need it. Yeah. I'm better without it. I'm on a streak. It's fine. But it's man, good. I'm so close to crumbling. I'm so close. <laughs> Stick with it. Stick getting, with it, Steve. Getting well. shorter and shorter. His floor's not as bad as people think, but I don't think his ceiling's as good. Yeah. Nuffington, what are the best beverages and snacks for draft day? I'll go a uh, a Belgrove uh, rye, um, some ice, um, a glass of Pinot, um, and I've got to include the Nutribullet. And uh, we'll have a um, we'll have a, a spicy prawn salad. How about that? Is that what he was after? Caviar and toast points or some Ooh, shit. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> Got to be good caviar, though. I don't know. Chocolate milk and cheesels or something. <laughs> Do you know that the, the, the one guilty thing? Oh, no, there's two. Salt and vinegar chips. I don't know why I like salt and vinegar chips because it makes your, your, your lips a bit numb. But barbecue shapes. Oh, how good. They're just, they're magnificent. We're going to have an ISO draft again. Yeah, we do. You know what? Is a shirt with like a red patch right around the um, so you can wipe your fingers. Because, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Party shirt just gets destroyed. Uh, Aaron, in a ten-team snake draft, what do you see as the best draft position this year? I think we, we might have said where we'd like to draft, but what do you think is the best? Well, my experience today, the the turn worked the best, but it just might be who was on the draft and how it fell. Um, I, I do like the um, the double pick hit. Yeah. It, you do wait a long time, right? Pick 11, to, it's not until pick 30 you're back. The only, the only tough point is you if you miss a run, you generally miss a run. Yeah, absolutely. But that's why you've got to like be ahead of the game, strong plan. Yeah. I like if you three, you're going to get one of English Marshall or Dacos. You get the last one, and at the end, you get to sort of get whatever mid falls to the back. Yeah, if I, if I had if I had pick six, which is sort of around that range that I had, I would have been able to choose between Laird, Brayshaw, and Merritt, which I would have been pretty comfortable with too. Yeah. Uh, Taser, our four six one four plus eight bench draft just completed. Few observations: Clayton Oliver went at pick twenty. Forwards were extremely grim as expected, mm. and defenders held up quite well with JD Hunt's seventy-ish defenders still available very late. And I want to add this point, Stato: you will get more defenders. We know that, like high-end yeah. ones. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we noticed the same thing. There was quite a few defenders. So Ed Ed Richards went and ran fifteen. Unbelievable. Frogger Nick Martin, how lucrative is he in the mooted defensive role? It, this is the big unknown. Just he he might be going down the half back to be a lockdown defender. We don't know. The other thing is, like like you just talked about, with there's so many defenders with Martin. What's his ceiling? Yeah, we haven't really seen a massive ceiling from these Essendon boys. McGrath, um, um, 
Redman. Redman. Yeah, Redman. Redman's um, actually quite good. Yeah, he's a good player, but he hasn't really popped for fantasy, I guess you'd say. Yeah, he's, just an, he's, he's an 80 guy. Yeah. So what's his ceiling there? You've got to wait for it. And, like, he went at pick 75, which I thought was reasonably early. Um, and you could still be drafting okay defenders. I don't know. Big question yeah, mark. It is a big question mark. So Eamon, Eamon I've got less of an issue with because we've seen it. Yeah. And we saw the result. Yep. Realistic ceiling for Jai Simpkin. How far does he rebound? 10 to 15. I think he's going to be a good pick this year. He's just So mid-90s? Yeah. Uh, Tristan Zeri, where do you rank him in the ruck line if he remains number one option? I think we have him around 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Hayden Young, Brayshaw, Sarong, Fife, etc. How realistic is more mid-time for Hayden Young? Oh, he's in there. So yep. Fife, Fife will be burst. Yep. Uh, Braden Goderini, keep one, trade one, delist one, Sardis, Fife, and Jordan. Seen F- Sardis is... Oh, no, sorry. That's Cetus, Cheetus, whatever his name is. So Sardis, Fife, and Jordan. Sardis is the one I keep. I think he's going to be a superstar. And what else did I have to do with the other two? Trade and delist. Trade Fife and Jordan. Well, trade Jordan. Fife. Double dual Brownlow medalist. Well, card. what are you going to get for five in a keeper league? Yeah, no, it's fair. They're probably the same as Jordan. Yeah, yeah, true. But at least there's a little bit of salary uh, cap hype around Jordan. Yeah. Oh, it's the best time you'll get to trade him. Yeah. James Davies, Max Gorn, top 10. Um, he's got an 18-team, 20-man squad, 5-5, five, 1-5-4. Five, five, top 10? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. God, Brody Grundy should be top 10 in 18-team league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay does Clayton Oliver go first round if your draft was tomorrow? Ooh. Uh, potentially. I, it was my big debate today. If if Oliver was sitting there where I thought he was value, was I going to snaffle him up? And because it was a mock, it was probably a yes. But real? Yeah. What would you do? If he's Well, my if, home league's a super coach draft, so I would. Yeah. <laughs> In Supercoach, I would. In AFL Fantasy, I wouldn't. But if if he's... You're on the turn at pick 30, so end of third, beginning of fourth, and Clayton Oliver's still there, surely you'd yeah. press the button. It's, yeah, it's so just... Risk-reward. So for reference, in your draft today, he went at pick nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the one we did a few weeks ago with the traders, he went at pick 24. And I imagine that's as low as he'll get. Yeah, um, so the nine um, was an auto pick for someone that just entered but was able yep. to pick their second one. So I I probably wouldn't have him as a first rounder. No. 
Pack and send. What's the best approach in draft day to ensure I don't end up doing a Barnaby ramp by round four? <laughs> <laughs> Plan How well. is that, That's man? All I could say. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Can you imagine if it was a football player they found like that? Yeah. Oh, my God. How... Just just uh, have a water every now and again, man. Um, how deep do you think captain options run in this season before you start reverting to positional need? Ask that one again, please. So how deep do you think captain options run this season before you start reverting to positional need? So he's pre- preferencing a high-end, say, midfielder over drafting your Jack McRae, James Sicily, etc., etc. Or maybe Gorn. Maybe you're comfortable captaining Gorn. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It's God, it, it's personal choice as soon as you have the captains. Yeah, but I always tried to, in any league that's captains on, I try and find a model where I've got two or three uncomfortable with. So I reckon you've just got to make sure because it, it's a big difference in a, um, a draft league that has the captains on if someone that has a good one versus someone that has a bad one, you, you've sort of lost your round straight away. So I always try to go two or three if you can. So I think that's one of the most important things you set up first. So you've got, still in this second round, there's still Dawson, Sarong, Petrarca, Golden. They're probably all solid-ish captain options, I'd argue. Yep. Parish yep. maybe where it starts to get a bit questionable, but on the right weeks. Yeah. Correct. And you got Dunkley, who on his day could be a good one too. Yeah. I mean, even Sam Walsh in the third round, Rosie, potentially. Yep. Grundy in the third round is potentially a captain. Yep. Jack Hughes, obviously, locked and loaded every week. Uh, Butters, well ahead of him. Um, and Flanders, because he... he's got such a high ceiling, you said before. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's still plenty of options in the second and third round. Yep. Grundy. Yeah, I'm not sure you would completely ignore it, the positional need. No. Man, I thought um, Jack Sinclair went pretty late for mine at 25. Yeah. I thought that was pretty pretty good value. Um, The Smith Dog, should I bet on the probables or the possibles? (laughs) The Harlem Globetrotters versus the Generals. Yeah, yeah. Jay, who are you taking, Finn Callahan or George Warlord? Single season Ooh, draft. Oh, that's hard for you. That how are you going to pick between your two kids? It's Finn, easy. Oh, wow. No, well, he's 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 had more development and less hamstring injuries. Oh, it's, he's the floor is so much higher. Yeah. Uh, Denzo, such a classic podcast. Can't believe you have enough salary cap to afford both state and fees. <laughs> By the draft kit. We've created this, so we can't complain. Uh, pack and send, also on draft day. Oh, that was from his other question. Uh, who would you take first, Harley Reid or McKercher? Reid forward status, very appealing. Uh, McKercher. What? In a redraft? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be kidding me. No. 
Oh, Harley Reid for me. McCurchin. Wow. I actually want the scoring. I don't it's just positional value. He's mid only. With defender status coming. Oh, so we so they say. No, he's just got a much higher ceiling, mate. So one, uh, so Reid will be fantastic, like LDU um, and Chai Bolton in Supercoach, but McKercher fantasy. No, they'll put Reid where the ball is because they got nothing else this year. They'll they need to keep him on the the, the West Australian needs to keep him on the back page. Hoff, how many good young players the North have? A lot. What, where do you have McCurtry in your midfield it's, ranks? It's why LDU's not going to get CBAs. LDU's going to fucking <laughs> average 120 because all he's got next to him is some little squid kid whose see, first name is a piece of see, cheese. people, this is how easy it is to trigger Steve while he's off the piss. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> next question, buddy. It's been a long pod. That's the last one, thank God. Oh, thank <laughs> Had enough God. of you. Probably, company, it, probably didn't help. We I spoke for 11 minutes on the mock draft before I even talked about one pick. Anyway, it was good. It was yeah. enjoyable. Thank you very much to the Bull Boys. Well done, Mitch and Luke. should just say Mitch. I reckon, I don't know if you watch closely, but I reckon Mitch is the one that does all the work and Luke just comes in with the good looks and talent. Um, what do you reckon? I get that vibe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, they Every do a great job. The, yeah, it's very the... enjoyable. Well done, lads. They're really engaged with the community. So, yeah, it's great to have them in. They are. Well done. Thanks for listening. Bye, the kit. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.